This is The Parent Perspective, a podcast created to help parents and carers support their children in making more informed career decisions with greater confidence, knowledge and understanding. In each episode, we will share your experiences of navigating career conversations with your children and provide insights into how the world of work is changing from trusted experts, organisations and employers already working with young people today. It's time for your perspective to count. Hello, welcome back to The Parent Perspective. My name is Steve and I'm your host today. In this week's episode, you'll be hearing more about how parents and carers like you can support your children from two young people. Heather and Catherine will be sharing their experiences of career conversations that they had with their parents when they decided to apply to an apprenticeship, which for one of them led to starting their own business. We also share an interview with the National Programme Manager for Apprenticeships at Health Education England, Lucy Hunt, who talks about the opportunities available for young people in the NHS. Before we kick off with Heather and Catherine, don't forget to share your questions for us to put to our team of careers experts. Click the link in the show notes to record a voice message with your questions. Hello both, how are you? Hi, good, thank you. Tell us a little bit about your background, your career journey and what you're doing now. Hi everyone, my name's Heather. I'm currently a management accounting apprentice at Rolls-Royce. Um, I'm on a four and a half year apprenticeship programme, which I started straight after completing my A-levels. Um, I'm currently in the final year of my programme at the moment. Um, as part of the um, apprenticeship programme, I study for AAT, which is a quali- an accounting qualification for the first two years, and then um, a qualification called SEMA, which is equivalent to a master's degree um, for the remaining two and a half years. So um, by the end of the programme, I'll become a fully qualified chartered accountant. Hi, um, I'm Catherine. I am a self-employed careers coach and digital marketer. Um, I started off as a digital digital marketing apprentice uh, when I was 18, after I finished my A-levels. That was back in 2016. Um, And I went self-employed towards the end of last year, towards the end of 2020. Um, And I now help people to find their dream career. What better job is there to have? (laughs) (laughs) So Heather, coming back to you, um, let's start with some questions. So what were your parents' experience and reaction to you doing an apprenticeship? Because I've, I've worked in this sector for a long time and I know that can be a difficult conversation. Sometimes that might not be your experience, but I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, sure. So actually, because I was quite an academic pupil in school, both my family, my teachers, pretty much everyone around me was very much expecting me to go to university. The, even for me, I hadn't I didn't know what an apprenticeship was until I actually stumbled across them um, whilst doing my A-levels. I think it was at a sort of careers fair where I saw a stall um, advertising an apprenticeship and it just piqued my interest. And once I actually found out a bit more, I found out for the particular career path that I was wanting to go on for um, accounting, that actually the apprenticeship route made a lot more sense. It made Um, allowed me to qualify completely debt-free and get practical work experience but um, when I spoke to my parents initially they weren't completely sold on the idea just because they didn't know what it was they saw it as more risky than it was just because it was this grey area they were certain that if it had this much value that um, more for example their, their friends children or more of my peers for example would have opted for an apprenticeship um, because I didn't really know anyone who had done an apprenticeship or was planning on doing one um, I had to 
sort of pitch my case to do an apprenticeship a lot more. Um, thankfully, my parents were quite open minded. So whilst initially they weren't really sold on the idea, once they saw the benefits, they saw it as a feasible option and just one that, you know, was a sort of a path that not many people had quite gone down just because of the traditional university pathway. Mm. And as a career path, rather than the route going into it, was that something that they'd expected of you or had they had a different idea of what you were going to go and do? Absolutely not. So I think, again, um, linked with some of the stereotypes with um, being an apprentice and pursuing an apprenticeship, there's this kind of idea that it's only for blue collar occupation. So unless you're doing some kind of practical work as, say, like a mechanic or an engineer, that, you know, an apprenticeship isn't really going to suit. Uh, say like a white collar occupation like accounting uh, there was also that stigma of being an academic um, people thinking that just because you're getting A's and A stars um, you know within school that naturally you have to go to a Russell Group University and again they were very much on the same page with that so it was just a case of really debunking all those myths and stereotypes which was quite hard because I hadn't really seen anyone do it um, but now that I've done it I'd like to think that it's a lot easier for say my younger siblings because I'm the oldest in my family okay so do you think they've kind of learned from the experience that you went through and used that to support them as well yeah definitely so my siblings are um, still in secondary school so they've still got a bit of time before they have to make some you know uh, long-term career choices but I think now that I've done it that stigma has just gone now it's just another option like university would be so whilst it was challenging for me I think once you see even one sort of um, one of your peers or potential role model do it um, it becomes more attainable and less of this kind of grey area that, or a question mark that no one really knows what lies down that route. I think that was just the case at the point in time I applied, no one had done it. So it just seemed like a question mark and a, a bigger risk than it actually was. Yeah, that's certainly a shift that I've seen in the industry over the last 10 years. When I first started working on promoting apprenticeships in 2010, it was very much a why on earth are you choosing to do that conversation rather than a oh that's and that's interesting I'd like to find out more or an acceptable one that some people might even be preempting if they've got younger children and looking at them and thinking right okay, well, what's the best option for my child there are skills-based jobs or technical jobs that people are going to be much more suitable to because they're going to be able to apply their skills um, to that uh, and academics aren't everything I went to university but I don't necessarily feel like my degree is what got me jobs afterwards from that it was the skills that I built along the way um, what else might have helped you was there anything missing from the support that you got from your parents um, I don't think I think I was quite fortunate that my parents were open-minded so once they did have the that sort of information gap filled with my own personal research it was easier for them to understand and see from my perspective why I wanted to do an apprenticeship um, but other than that I think it was just the fact that they were looking to support um, my choice to do an apprenticeship and just doing what I sort of following what I was passionate about and not trying to box me in what they wanted me to do and sort of projecting sort of their own um, sort of career interests onto me it was more a case of what do I enjoy doing and because the business route was something that I was passionate about um, they were quite supportive so I don't think there was much more they could have done um, at that point because they just didn't have the information to begin with. Mm. And just before I come to you Catherine Heather what would be your top tips for parents supporting their children with these decisions this summer? Yeah, so I think linked to that, I'd say my top tip would be to actually find out what your child enjoys, what their strengths are, and really play to them. Because 
whilst on paper there are careers that obviously sound fantastic ultimately it boils down to the individual's passion for that particular career so it's really important um, from a sort of a, a long-term point of view that a your child is really interested in that career pathway and they're not being pushed down it it's something they actively want to pursue and and be that you stay open-minded because um even apprenticeships over the last few years the, the sort of educational playing field is constantly changing so it's important to be open-minded the new opportunities that might pop up opportunities that don't necessarily exist now might exist in a few years time so just be open-minded so when those conversations happen you're not being too rigid and pushing your child down traditional pathways yeah Great tips there. Thank you for sharing, um, Hedda. Catherine, let's come over to you. Um, what was your experience like in terms of your parents' reaction and support at both stages in your career? Yeah, definitely. So I, I definitely picked up on some similarities to, to what you said, Hedda, but also I, I was in a slightly different situation um, because when I started my apprenticeship when I was 18, I'd already moved out of home. Um, I moved out when I was 16. Um, so for my parents, it was... Uh, I guess they had less input over what I was doing um, but I still had that relationship there and, and I still wanted their support and and um, for them to be involved in the decision um, and I think similar to you Heather like they it's not something that they come across before I'm the youngest child of three both my older siblings had gone to university both my parents were the first in their families to go to university so they felt quite proud of that um, and it was always expected that I'd go as well. Um, and I think it wasn't until they, I was actually in my apprenticeship and they saw what I was doing and that um, I, it had been successful that they really kind of then bought into it. Um, but they tried to be as supportive as, as possible and um, took the time to Google stuff if they weren't sure, to ask me questions if there was something that I'd said to them and they were like, oh, what does that word mean or how does the structure work or how does this thing work and just to have that curiosity was really really helpful mm. I think there are, there is a piece isn't there about access to information I think when I go back in my own experiences when I was 14 16 years old thinking about what I wanted to do if my parents had wanted to help me it would have been much more difficult than it is for parents now because we've all got a device in our hands or most of us have a device in our hands where you can as you say google something how how did they react when you so you chosen to do an apprenticeship and then you decided to leave that to go and start your own business yeah definitely so between starting my apprenticeship and then leaving the last job that I had to to go self-employed I had three or four jobs in between that and every time it was um, I, it was a, a pull motivation rather than a push motivation. I was moving on to something better. I was getting a promotion somewhere else. So there was never any um, necessarily bad reason to leave where I was. Um, and for my parents, um, they started working um, in the 80s when um, the, there was a recession going on um, and security and job security was a really big thing for them. Um, and both my parents, uh, my mum was the teacher so she moved around different schools but she was in the same job um, her whole working life my dad worked up through the same company um, his whole working life so it was kind of alien to them of you've got a job that you like and you enjoy why would you ever want to leave that and the same when I started my business like I had a really successful career in a um, one of the UK's top digital marketing agencies like why would I want to leave that um, and it was a massive risk to take 
Um, but I think they'd seen by the time I came to start my own business, all those jumps that I'd made to get there. And I think they were starting to buy into it and, and trust that it will figure itself out. Catherine's got this. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's one thing that I did say to reassure them is, you know, I started my own business, but it, it's, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work out. Um, it's not a one way street. I can always go and, and find work. I can always go back to the digital marketing world. Um, so they were very concerned that I had got everything under control, that I'd like researched what I needed to do about tax and registration and all those types of things. But I think, um, yeah, they were really happy for me and kind of trusted that once they realized that I'd read up on it and it wasn't just a whim, um, they, they were really supportive. So um, again, kind of same question that I asked Heather, was there anything that they didn't do that you kind of wished they had? I know from sharing a bit of my own experience when I've started um, my career and when I've moved into my own business as well, one of the things sometimes that I've said to, to my mum in particular is that sometimes I feel like they don't ask enough questions. Now that might sound ridiculous, but they always say, oh, we're just, we're confident that you know what you're doing. Mm. Um, and I'm like yeah but um, sometimes it would be nice just to be asked yeah definitely I think there's a few things I think that's absolutely right um, what you've just said there about asking more questions especially what I do the digital marketing side and the careers coaching side both of them are like newish roles that wasn't really a thing 10 years ago um, so for them to have that curiosity and interest to ask questions and find out what it is that I do and then when their friends or like my grandparents ask them oh how's Catherine doing what's she up to and they can explain it that's really lovely because it feels like you've got that support on your side and that you've got a team behind you um so that's really really nice um I think what would have been helpful for them to have that actually parents now have more readily available to them is uh, examples of people having done it because I remember when I started my apprenticeship especially the digital marketing standard had only been out uh, a year or so so people hadn't really come to the end of it and then gone on to do the next steps um, so there were lots of people currently complete completing that apprenticeship but not a lot of examples of the people that had finished and gone on to successful careers um, so they weren't really able to see okay case studies of this does it actually work what do people end up end up doing um, and that's something that is much more readily available so I definitely recommend parents to go and have a look at that yeah I would completely agree with that one as well and it'd be interesting um Heather if you want to comment on this one as well I know when I was uh, working back in a corporate environment I was always trying to find people in the business that were senior that had done the alternative path to be able to bring them into the conversation as well because there, there is um, the stigmas around apprenticeships sometimes can be that it doesn't get you as far in your career. And um, what are your experiences of that, Heather? Yeah, so again, I think I was in the same boat with not having a lot of case studies to be able to almost just say, oh, look, at this particular individual who's gone down this pathway. If anything, I feel like I found more of those people as I've actually done the apprenticeship route and I've worked in the corporate environment. And there's so many sort of senior managers that I wouldn't have even guessed what ex-apprentices that are so now I have those kind of case studies to give my younger siblings for example so I think there'll always be that sort of lag in the beginning when new opportunities arise um, with a bit of gap with information because with any new uh, initiative like apprenticeships it takes time for it to phase and sort of trickle trickle down and I think like you said earlier information creates opportunity so until the information doesn't trickle down the opportunities don't really seem as readily available or they seem too risky to begin with until enough 
people have done them. Um, so I think, yeah, my parents didn't really have enough information at the time, but I'd like to say all the kind of uh, barriers I've overcome and all the experience that I will have personally has definitely equipped them with a lot more information than they'd get just from, say, a Google search. Because uh, as um, you know, the saying goes, it's sometimes, you know, who you know rather than what you know and I think that like, you can get a lot more valuable information just interacting with people in a real life work setting sometimes than you would just um, looking on the internet for example so it's always great to have those kind of case studies um, to hand so that you've kind of got a strong argument if anyone wants to go down the alternative route. Yeah great thank you and um, coming back to you Catherine and um, what would be your top tips for parents that are supporting their children with their career decisions then given that you're a career coach now? Yeah, definitely. One thing that I, I work on a lot with clients is um, their own hang ups around work and money, especially um, that come from really deep seated beliefs in childhood. Um, and so often we have these um, these beliefs, whether they're helpful or unhelpful, that are passed down through the generations. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's no one's fault. It's just a thing that happens as part of human nature. Um, and it's just really helpful for parents and uh, young people to be aware of those things um, and be able to question the thoughts that are coming up. So if you think of uh, a job role and you go, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Really try and question yourself and say, oh, why wouldn't I do that? Is it because it's something I wouldn't enjoy or is it because I don't think it, it's um, my idea of success or like, what is it? And start questioning those ideas. Um, and then when you're having a conversation um, as a parent and a young person you can come at it from a much more critical and uh, objective point of view um, and, and try and unpack some of those emotions that are surrounding um, surrounding work because really there's so many emotions surrounding topics of, of work and especially money as well um, mm. and it's, it's a really really interesting one to dig into yeah Thank you for that. Something that I just want to um, pick up with both of you, actually, given you just talked about emotions there, we're obviously still coming out of a very um, emotional period for a lot of people. Um, how have, I'll come to you first, Heather. So how have you been supported by your employer along the way um, to deal with what has been a massive shift in working for everybody? Yeah, so there's obviously been a, a huge change with regards to uh, the delivery of a lot of the kind of key parts of the apprenticeship. So, for example, with my um, accounting studies, so with my learning provider, they switched, they were fantastic, they switched to um, remote delivery quite rapidly. I mean, they already had um, uh, sort of services where they had sort of online classroom tuition. It was a case of they leaned into it a lot more and um, made the numbers effectively switch from um, classroom based to online quite quickly so I felt really supported on that side of things um, and I wasn't actually um, interrupted in any point of my studies if anything um, it's allowed me to uh, progress through my apprenticeship faster because I'm now able to book onto dates where physically I wouldn't be able to attend but virtually I can so it gives me a lot, lot more flexibility with my studies and then on the employer side of things um, there's a lot of support that we get um, from the sort of managers that look after our apprenticeship making sure that we're still um, progressing and getting the skills that we need from our apprenticeship so for me personally there was a, a slight extension in my last placement that I was in um, and again that that uh, enabled me to get more skills and be more prepared when switching into a role so there was less uh, less of a worry and um, transitioning into a new role at the height of the pandemic 
um, that delay actually helped sort of um, ease some of that anxiety when switching into a new role, which was really helpful. And yeah, there's always support available for us to, to talk to about specific issues that we might face on an individual basis with our scheme. But overall, yeah, the, the, there's, there's a range of um, sources of support available, whether that be from your employer directly or through the learning provider that you're studying with. Mm. And Catherine, what's the experience been like for yourself um, having your own business? Yeah, definitely. So for me, it's, it's been a fun one. <laughs> I went self-employed <laughs> right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, kind of, if you look at it objectively, possibly not the wisest decision, but it actually worked out really well um, because part of my business is digital marketing. It meant I could pivot more towards that side and everyone's going online at the moment or was at that point in the pandemic. Um, so the industry was really booming and there were so many agencies that had extra work that they couldn't take on. Um, so I was able to act as a, as a contractor on those projects and, and pick up any extra work. Um, so from that perspective, it was it was fine. It was really, really good um, in terms of working with coaching clients. There has been a huge shift in the last maybe six weeks since, since things have started to open back up of people moving house, changing jobs, announcing that they're having babies, <laughs> announcing that they're getting married. Like it feels like everyone has been holding off on the big life changes and now everything is starting to move again very, very quickly. Um, so there are loads and loads of jobs that I've seen being made available, but also the people that were in those jobs are moving on and everyone seems to be having a bit of a, uh, a musical chairs moment. Um, so I think a lot of people have, have taken lockdown as a time to reevaluate re what's important to them. And that's something that I work on a lot with my coaching clients. So whenever I get a new coaching client, the first thing we do, even if they have a very clear, clear idea of what kind of job they're after, we'll sit down and really dig into that and, and work out, okay, what is it that you want from this job? How do you want to feel? How do you want to show up every day? If I, to ask you if I meet you in the street in six months time and ask you how you're doing what will you be saying to me what are you going to be wearing are you going to be wearing a red power suit with massive shoulder pads like what how are you going to look how are you going to be standing how are you going to feel um and I, I think that's so so important there's so much opportunity out there at the moment and this is a really really hopeful time as we come out of what's been a really tough year for a lot of people and connecting with the emotion of how you want your job to serve you and not just how you want to serve your job is really, really powerful. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great chatting to both of you. I can see there's lots of stuff there that parents are going to be able to take away to help with their career conversations that they're having. So thank you for your time. Thanks. Thank you. Next, Lucy Hunt shares more about the opportunities waiting for young people working for the NHS and her top tips for how you can help your children if they decide a career in healthcare and public service is for them. Hello Lucy and welcome to The Parent Perspective. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm good. I'm interested to hear more about um, you and more about your advice that you would give parents. So would you like to start by giving us a little introduction to yourself, Lucy? So I'm Lucy Hunt. I am the National Programme Manager for Apprenticeships at Health Education England. We are essentially the training and development arm of the NHS um, and I'm part of the wider Talent for Care team. So apprenticeships is my main area of expertise, but we're also responsible for volunteering, work experience, traineeships, T-levels and just all the entry routes into the NHS really. And what's your own background? How did you get into the role that you're in today? So I started... Um, 
in the apprenticeship world working in FE colleges. So I was the head of business development for two large London colleges. Um, so I was doing it from the opposite perspective. Um, and then when the apprenticeship levy was due to be introduced and a lot more employers in the NHS knew they were going to have huge pots to spend, I um, was recruited to kind of be the strategic lead and support them with that. Um, thank you. And what sort of programmes do you have on offer at the NHS for young people today? Oh, um, so we've got a huge range of opportunities. Um, we had at last count 350 different job roles that wow. were across the, uh, the NHS. Um, people always think of us as clinical, but in reality, um, you know, we're the largest employer in the UK, 1.3 million employees. In most cities, the NHS would be the biggest employer. Um, so if you're looking at non-clinical, if people are interested in IT or finance or HR or estates, um, then obviously the NHS could be the employer of choice. So there's a lot that we need to do about raising that awareness and making sure people recognise that it's not just doctors and nurses and paramedics, which are fantastic, but that we need the huge back office functions to be able to, to survive, really. Yeah, and I would suspect there's probably been an interest in NHS careers after the last year that we've had. And so that's going to be really important because those people need supporting, don't they? Definitely. I mean, we've seen a 400% increase in traffic on our NHS careers websites. And that's roles from, you know, pool to in, cleaning, all sorts of, you know, the, of the support functions that have been so crucial. Um, but also because we are um, a stable industry, you know, compared to retail, hospitality, travel, a lot of those industries have been decimated. So we've been able to welcome people in that have got similar skills into the NHS. Um, you know, we haven't closed. We've had no one furloughed. We've been busier than mm. ever. Um, and I think people have recognised that, you know, in terms of stability, it is a good sector to work in. Mm. And I'd imagine that there's probably lots of different kind of um, entry levels to go in because the apprenticeships um, piece is so big that you've got lots of different levels. Does the NHS cover those different um, levels or is it just um, speaking to one set within that? No, definitely. We do. We've done a lot of work on career pathways. So coming in from level two to level seven, but also recognising people can join at different levels throughout their journey and depending on their age, um, um, you know, and people have the opportunity to reskill and retrain. So, yeah, I think we would welcome people from kind of all levels. Um, obviously, apprenticeships is a big part of what we do. But taking that back, you know, we want young people to be able to understand the range of roles available. So volunteering, work experience, you know, their opportunity to kind of try before they buy or they commit to anything mm. is understanding, you know, the realities of life in the NHS. Um, and obviously, you know, it's a fantastic experience, but there's so many different roles to choose from. We want to make sure that young people have that opportunity to choose wisely. I'd imagine with parents, and that's obviously what we're here to talk about today, that there would be, especially with medical careers, there'd be a perception that you need to go to university to get into that. So um, what would be your um, advice to give to parents starting their child to look into the opportunities that are available? Obviously, traditional route is still going to be a route in, but degree apprenticeships are a huge um, growth area for us. As a parent myself, you know, if my young person was coming to me saying, oh, I'm going to go to university, get myself £50,000 in debt and not be guaranteed a job, or I'm going to be a degree apprentice occupational therapist or physiotherapist or radiographer or whatever it might be, not get into debt, get my degree paid for and have a job at the end. To me, that's a no brainer. Um, so I think, you know, we're still going to have the traditional route, but it's more and more young people are contacting us to say, you know, how do I find out about degree apprenticeships? So, again, that comes part 
into the kind of the work experience, the volunteering for them to kind of have experience, have made contact with their local trust, find out when they recruit, if there's going to be any open days, taster days. And certainly, you know, during the pandemic, we've made sure that we do a lot of that stuff virtually now so that people can still have the career session that they would have had previously, might not necessarily be face to face. But one of the benefits we found of that is that now we can reach hundreds, there's no, you know, um, headcount limit as many people as they want can attend these sessions and find out about how best to apply. Mm. And what sort of questions do you usually receive at parents? I'd imagine when we were in a space where we could do kind of live events that you might meet a lot of parents at careers events. What kind of what were their concerns or their the things that they were curious about? So I think um, certainly in terms of apprenticeships, there's a lot of myths that need to be busted around that they're not for people that are academic. Actually, a lot of them, you know, you do need to be very academic because you would be doing, you know, a degree programme maybe and working full time. So you're going to need to be focused and committed. So there's a lot of perception around people still think of apprenticeships for plumbers and hairdressers and yes you know they're still fantastic but in terms of some of the clinical ones um you do need to make sure that you've got your maths and english and maybe even a science and things like that so that's a very early perception that we need to challenge is that it's not for the academic route um oh but my, my child's too bright i want them to do the proper degree and i think that's another part of it is understanding that the degrees or foundation degrees or level threes whatever they might be are essentially exactly the same qualifications that they would do if they were at college or traditional university they're just funded differently mm. coming back to the nhs what are the reasons that the nhs is such an excellent employer to work for a big part of what we do is all around widening participation. So we want to make sure that our workforce is representative of the communities that we serve. So um, the NHS, you know, it's very inclusive employer. It's very diverse. Um, we welcome people from all kinds of walks of life. Um, and if you haven't got the skills that you need, you can be trained to, to deliver what you need. So I think, you know, it's very much an open door welcoming um, organization. Um, and yeah, there's, there's opportunities for everybody. Coming into the summertime, um, it's usually when young people um, that are at that kind of choice making point, whether it's coming out of their GCSEs, their A-levels or finishing university, one of the concerns that I often hear from parents is kind of competition for vacancies. What would be um, your advice um, for parents that are helping to support their young people about applying for apprenticeships, traineeships, internships and how to stand out? Do your research um, and, um, you know, each trust will have on their corporate web page will have the trust values, make sure you kind of include those in your answers. And that's what they'll really look for. You know, we're not necessarily expecting you to have the skills or work experience, but if you've got the right attitude and the similar beliefs and values, that always helps you stand out. Um, and tailor your, your um, application, make sure that you really are looking at the job spec and the specific questions. You know, we, we get hundreds of, of um, applications for every role um, and you can tell the ones that they've just cut and paste and sent it out. They've not tailored it to the specific role. So I think that's a big no-no. Make sure, you know, the ones I've read where they're quoting another trust in, in the application because they've, not, you know, not sent to check it. So I think that's a big thing. Make sure you're tailoring each application. I do think things like work experience and volunteering, you know, that shows that you are committed and that you've made the effort to find out what the opportunities are. Um, and it, 
even if that is going to be virtual rather than face to face to be able to say I attended a two hour virtual work experience I think again will show that you're committed to that um, and just talk about you know the skills and experience that you can bring we're not expecting young people to to be the full package but you know if we talk about leadership skills and they say they were the coach of their football team or you know little things like that we want to just see how they're actually matching their own skills and experience to the to what the job's looking for and would you kind of apply that I think into um, work experience and volunteering as well does it need to be something that's healthcare related for example if they've done work experience or volunteering or can it be anything as long as they're able to show the transferable skills yeah, I think the transferable skills are the key thing. Yeah, we, we do recognise that obviously there's a lot of demand for placements and work experience, but if they can show that tenacity and that, you know, how they can match that um, and it's transferable, then I think that will be fine. But yeah, you know, just making sure that it's personalised to the actual role that they're applying for, I think will speak volumes. Yeah. And what does what does the application process look like? What would um, a parent expect their child to be going through? So um, I'll be honest, the most of our vacancies are advertised on NHS jobs. It is not the most slick platform, um, but it is something we're working on. And we certainly in terms of engaging young people, we want there to be some flexibilities. You know, a lot of the standard questions are asking for three years solid work experience. But if you're a 16 to 18 year old, it's not very likely that you're going to have that. Yeah. So um, but don't leave it blank, but put in something, you know, as to why. Um, but, you know, just make sure that you fill in all the boxes um, and any supporting documents or anything like that. Um, we do advertise on, N on the National Apprenticeship Service as well, um, but sometimes that will link back to NHS jobs, but that's the main kind of platform. Um, and if you sign up for alerts, then you can be notified of any kind of suitable vacancies in your area as soon as they become live. Um, and that's a good thing to, to do is make sure you sign up for kind of the text and email alerts um, in the areas that you're interested in, and then you will be notified when any new vacancies come up. Mm. And I, I would suspect because there's you've got so many different opportunities across different areas that there's possibly opportunities to kind of move around different areas as well across your career. So it'd probably be a very good choice uh, of an employer and a career to go into where you could um, build a really good portfolio of work. Definitely, 100%. I mean, we've got some great examples of um, our latest intake of nursing apprentices who actually started in administration roles and became inspired by working with nurses on a daily basis. So they've now applied to become nurses themselves. But on the flip side, we've got people that started in clinical roles that wanted to move more into kind of management or administration. Um, so yeah, there's definitely the opportunity to kind of move around. Um, and because there's so many different roles on, on offer, you, you know, you can progress um, by a variety of kind of career pathways. So um, where do people need to go if they want to go and find out more, Lucy? So um, we've got a great website called um, NHS Careers. So that's definitely a good starting point. Or another one is Healthcare Apprenticeship Standards Online. That's a good one-stop shop. And that's got a really good tool um, for career pathways because we understand that sometimes young people don't know what they want to do. Um, so you can actually use this career pathways tool and put in a variety of different skills that you have or that you'd like to learn and it will give you some options. So that's a really good thing to sit and um, have a look through. Um, and as I said, keep an eye out on NHS Jobs um, and the National Apprenticeship Service for any of the vacancies there. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say make sure that you look at um, NHS careers because they've got some brilliant resources on there. Once um, young people have applied and they're going through the process, how can parents support them? 
do you think? Um, well, making sure that um, they've got a voicemail activated on their phone, um, that would be, you'd be amazed, but the amount of people that we've tried to contact for interviews, if they're in school, they can't answer, but then they've not actually got a voicemail facility. So yeah, that's one. a no brainer, but that's a really good one. Make sure that they've got appropriate voicemail messages if they do have one. It's all great. You know, I love a bit of grime, but if you're calling up a potential employer is calling you and all they get is a bit of music on their voicemail, that doesn't create a great impression. And little things like professional email addresses, you know, think about when you're setting up your email address, that's going to be with you for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And what might seem great when you're 16 probably won't be as good when you're 40. Mm -hmm. um, but so, yeah, so just make sure that they're checking their inbox and that they're checking their voicemails because that's how they will be contacted. And we do get a lot of um, instances where suddenly, you know, two weeks after the interview date, oh, I didn't check my email or I didn't listen to my voicemail. So, yeah, that would be my top tip. Great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lucy. It's been great to learn more about the opportunities of the NHS and to hear your advice for parents today. Thank you for having me. So that's it for another episode. Please do subscribe and switch on your notifications as well as recommending to your friends and family and perhaps even leave us a review. Join me next week when we'll be talking to Sarah Barley, Trust Director of Employability at the Education Alliance, one of many hats that she wears in addition to running her own careers consultancy and teaching business studies. Sarah will be sharing her advice for parents and carers and answering some of the questions we've received from you so far. Don't forget, it's time for your perspective to count.